So let's go on to the next patient. So the next patient is a 77-year-old female who originally presented with some anemia and had heme-positive stool. She was found to have a left-sided lesion, which was 9 centimeters in its greatest dimension. She had uh, resection and was found to have 42 of 47 nodes positive. The patient was put on full fox. She tolerated that therapy very well. Her original diagnosis was in August of 04. She completed her therapy in May of 05. She was followed over the course of the next year or so and had some subtle changes on CAT scan and a minimal rise of a CEA. That was as of July of 06. And in October of 06, we repeated the scans. She, at that point, had clear evidence of a lesion within the retroperitoneum that was several centimeters in size, and her CEA had risen from 8 to 34. She didn't have any significant symptomatic difficulties at that time, and we discussed the possibility of actually resecting this lesion, and the patient wasn't at all keen on proceeding with that. We gave her Zelox and Avastin. She had a dramatic improvement with drop in her CEA to 3.3, and the mass resolved on CT scan. She maintained an excellent performance status. Subsequently, in January of this year, I'd been following her along regularly. There had been a slight change in her CAT scan, no significant change in her laboratory data, and clinically she was doing well. We repeated her scan just within the course of the last several weeks, and the mass has remained the same, and her CEA is still 2.1. She's entirely asymptomatic. She has 77, excellent performance status, and a stable lesion in the retroperitoneum and doing quite well. Do you have KRAS on her? Her KRAS is wild type. So, Dan, there are a lot of interesting things about her case. But first, I mean, here's a lady who's 77 years old who's had some chemotherapy and seems to have done pretty well. What were your impressions of her, you know, in terms of her overall physiologic condition, her attitude, et cetera? Well, I actually said this to the patient and her husband and to Phil which was that if he had called me over the phone and told me about this lady, I might have leaned toward not offering anything if she was asymptomatic. But this lady was 77 going on 67. She obviously had a very supportive husband. She asked all the right questions. She clearly wasn't that interested in surgery, but I did bring up the issue of radiation therapy plus chemo because it's now five years out. It's pretty amazing that she had 42 positive nodes. And I think this was just the pedicle of the SMA, where she had a few nodes left behind. And although Folfox took care of obviously a lot of stuff, she also had this one small area. We emphasized in her the importance of staying asymptomatic, because she wanted to know why we were fixing something that wasn't broke. And because of the retroperitoneal nature of this, these frequently behave like pancreatic tumors and give you a lot of retroperitoneal pain and back pain. So as all the patients were today, she was very open to discussion. It took place in a very comfortable environment in Phil's office. Everybody was included. We gave the patients plenty of time to absorb the information because patients that are on board at the beginning of their treatment tend to stay on board through the whole treatment. Now, in terms of radiation therapy, any particular kind of technique that might be used, and what kind of morbidity do you think there'd be from that? Well, because of where the lesion is, there wouldn't be very much in the way. You'd obviously want to keep the fields fairly small. I would say that the whole field would be about the size of my hand. 
So it would be a fairly small lesion, and it probably would not hit any major organs. She was concerned about that and asked appropriately about it, but we tried to reassure her and tell her that either given with infusional 5-FU with or without oxaliplatin plus the radiation therapy, this might abort what might be a very nasty progression. Now, another issue in this lady is just going back to her original adjuvant situation with 42 positive nodes. What about the report, again, at ASCO, Dan, questioning and coming out of the ACCENT database, questioning the value of chemotherapy in older patients? I think that's fascinating, and obviously we need to see a full manuscript on it. What the presentation by Dan Sargent showed was when they looked at CO7, and they actually included some renal-TCAN studies, which didn't quite make sense to me since it doesn't have activity. I'm not sure you should split the salami that way, but they did look at only the oxaliplatin papers, and it appeared as though patients over 70 had no additional benefit compared to those under 70 vis-a-vis 5-FU and leucovorin alone. So we didn't get to see the very small number of patients, 75 to 80, 80 and over. So I think Dan needs to do that because I think if someone had 42 positive nodes and they were 71, I would probably still think of using oxaliplatin no matter what the gross data looked like. What do you think's behind that data? you think it's sort of an events numbers thing, or do you think really physiologically there's an issue? It could be the natural history of the disease is more indolent in the older patient, and also certainly there are more comorbidities that are competing for survival. What about the issue of when she had the bevacizumab, any problems with that, a hypertension, proteinuria? No, there were no problems with that. I think the thing that was remarkable to me was this woman's an insulin-dependent diabetic, and I kept worrying about what was going to happen with all the oxaliplatin she was getting, and she's really had virtually no problem with it. In terms of neuropathy? In terms of neuropathy. And she never had a problem with diabetic neuropathy? No. No, she had just a smidgen of numbness in her fingers when she was getting her Zeloxavastin, but the initial full fox, absolutely no problem and really minimal problems the second time around. What's your experience, Dan, with people with diabetes receiving oxaliplatin, both those who start out like this woman without neuropathy and those who actually start with some diabetic neuropathy or maybe you don't use it in that situation? Two points. I don't shy away from it. I think that the data are somewhat limited because they're obviously all retrospective of those people who are on clinical trials. But I've done some ad boards recently discussing this point, and it seems like most of the physicians in the three big ad boards that I did were not put off by diabetes without neuropathy, and even in patients who had minimal neuropathy, they were just a little bit more cautious and ginger with their dosing of oxaliplatin and maybe more likely to use CalMag. Let's go on to the next patient. 